I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. And I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Halim. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and we are back for a super-duper special episode. <laughs> super-duper special episode of Star Talk. Now, first of all, somebody's in here with me. And if you know me, you already know her. But, you know, it's, since this started, we haven't had in-person interviews. And um, so why not start it special with this lovely young lady here. So as I say, if you know me, she needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyway because that's just how we're going to play this. So six-time author, mama, grown-ass woman, <laughs> as she say, southern girl, <laughs> author, coach, book writing strategist, entrepreneur, and all that jazz, and... Happened to be my player partner. We affectionately call her Sister Sims around here, but her name is Tamika L. Sims. Please say the <laughs> L. What up? What's up? And you, yes, you definitely have to say the L. Listen, this. Gotta say the L. Now, we haven't been in this type of situation since about almost five years. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So. Uh, five years ago, we linked up with an interview. Yeah. Well, series of emails and text messages and all that stuff. But then face-to-face -face an interview. Mm -hmm. And she's been around me ever since. <laughs> and you guys see her with me. Um, she's become went from, you know, just me being a client mm -hmm. to um, working with me on pretty much everything that I do to being a business partner of mine and just a partner overall. So now, you know, she's coming up on a one-year anniversary yeah. of her newest book, baby, which, I mean, I look, I'm going to go out on a limb and say your best book, baby. Definitely. <laughs> let me, let me see, let me let them show, show them Definitely. The, the ink pen Definitely. diva, truth behind my pen. <laughs> so listen, right, you know, ink pen diva, I've always fell in love with the ink pen diva yeah. from day one. I told her, because she was like, oh, I'm in the middle of rebranding, changing. I'm like, I like Ink Pen Diva. I don't like that other stuff. But let's, for everybody else, where did Ink Pen Diva come from? So that actually was a name that was given to me by one of my social media followers, like right when I first started my business back in 2013. And, you know, of course, I had published my first book in 2011. And this person was like, you know, how is the Ink Pen Diva today? And it just stuck. <laughs> It just stuck, and I feel, and I was just like Ink Pen Diva, Ink Pen Diva. That is it, because I was struggling actually with naming it until I got that, you know, revelation just on a happenstance comment under a social media post um, that actually became the name of my business. And I think that I have grown into embodying what Ink Pen Diva really is. So you were trying to change it to, and you did change it to yeah. get right with Tamika. Mm -hmm. What's different now? you know, um, so many years later than what, what you were feeling like then? Why, why did you feel like you needed to get out, get rid of it, and then now being able to come back full circle and it be the name of your book, and then now every, the world know you uh, again 
as the infant diva? What's, what's changed? So, you know, initially, Jay, when I was thinking about changing the name, it was because I started to get an influx of male clients. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to be helping men tell their stories, they're not going to want to be saying the ink pen diva helped me. Like it needed to be, I felt as though it needed to be something just a little bit more formal. But then you came along, you're like, nah, I don't like get right with Tamika. I like <laughs> ink pen diva. And so again, as I was just talking about when I came up with the name of the business, it's actually growing into and embracing what that name really means. Like Ink Pen Diva is true to me because I've always had a love for writing. I've always had a love of words. Diva is because, you know, your girl, like you said, grown as woman. So I've grown into, <laughs> you know, I've grown into like embracing all of that as it pertains to who I am. And I bring that same level of energy to my business. And so it's like either, you know, you're going to love me. Do you love me or do you love me not? Because I am who I am and I am the Ink Pen Diva. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> From what I see, you helped over 250 people yeah. write and publish their books. Yep. That tells me somebody loves you. They're yeah. loving the hell out of you. <laughs> and they then you've written six time. of your oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and you've written six of your own books. Yeah. And we're coming up on a year anniversary. What's different about this book as opposed to the other one? The process yeah. and everything. The biggest thing about Ink Pen Divas, opposed to my all of my other books, is that this is the story that I didn't think I had. Wow. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, people knew me initially for talking about my experience of being in an abusive relationship. And then from there, I went into, you know, trying my hand at fiction and I published a woman's anthology. And so all of those things, I became known in that space. But I never thought that I had another story to tell. I thought I was finished. And I really have to thank you for the encouragement to actually pushing me to say, no, you have another story to tell because the story that had not been told was my business and entrepreneurship story. And so, and, you know, to be honest with those that's watching and listening to us right now, I didn't want to write this book <laughs> because I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm done. That. You know what I mean? I'm helping. I've helped so many people and I put my career as an author on the back burner once I really fully devoted myself to coaching and really helping other people to tell their stories. And so that's really the difference is embracing the fact that I wasn't finished writing. I wasn't finished telling my story in spite of all of the people that I had helped um, initially and I could do both. And I didn't think that there was a realization in the past of where I could do both. So, yeah, you know, I remember, <laughs> I can tell you what I remember. I just, as a business person, I know and being a business coach, one thing I never wanted to come to my clients with is not fresh business for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like people, especially people look like you and me, <laughs> like, so what are you doing? You tell me about my business, what you doing? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's a real thing. And a lot of times we live in this la-la land, but we got to actually be real. Like people are going to try you and going to be like, hey, you know, okay, yeah, you wrote five books, but you wrote five books 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. What do you know about writing books now? What do you know about being published now? Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to get me published. You're telling me what to do. And so the validity and the integrity of, portion, of that portion of the business portion, I, I, I definitely wanted that for you because uh, I knew you knew what you were talking about. But I also know you had a story, yeah. you know, and by that time I was three books in. And I'm like, yeah, you got a lot to talk about. Yeah. I, you know, as I'm understanding the nuances of publishing now, like you got a lot to, to tell. So the process, once you finally said yes, 
I'm going to go ahead and do it. Like, what was that process like for you internally <laughs> and externally? I went kicking and screaming. <laughs> I went kicking and screaming. No, it, you know, once I got started with it, I, I think I was still trying to tell the old story. Like I was still trying to come into the space of, oh my gosh, I'm repeating some of the same things that people already have known about me. I just kept trying to pull in the, my past. And so that was the initial struggle was, no, Tamika, you have to get out of that. You have There's something else different here where you don't have to utilize that. You don't need to do that anymore. And so that was the beginning part of it. And once I got into it, Jay, and started working on it and writing it and really digging deep into who I was and growing as a business owner, it was really difficult. It was really difficult. And, of course, you know, I was crying <laughs> like Y'all snotting, crying, big crocodile tears crying because I'm like, oh, my God. But it was such a release for me to be able to do that. So my process was, you know, just as I tell my clients, is that you really have to lean into the emotion when you're actually putting pen to paper. You have to lean into the story that you're telling so that what comes out at the end of it is the story that really needs to be told because it wasn't about me. As far as writing the book, it was really for the women that's connected to me, the women that's going to follow me, who also have a desire to start their own business. So I wanted to make sure that I did a good job for them as well. But also what I learned, and you want, I want you to talk about this, is that you had another testimony mm -hmm. in this book. It's like you felt like the, the testimony of old was what Trump the one that you had to become an entrepreneur? Because yeah. that was past. You were past that old testimony. Yeah. So talk about what you when you finally started digging into your outline and everything and putting this book out, like y'all getting the book done. The, the testimonies that you had to talk about in here because it was definitely an, enough. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was really interesting though. Once I started peeling back the layers of my um, of my business experience, I was like, okay, girl, yeah, because there were certain things that I forgot about, certain memories that I suppressed, <laughs> right? Certain memories that I suppressed, things that I've never talked about publicly. I put in Ink Pandiva, and so it was. But that, that was just the process of really helping me see that there is something more in you. And I think that that's a lesson for the people that's listening and watching is that you have to remember that you're never just going to be one, like you're not just one part. We are multifaceted beings, and we have to know and understand that, especially as we grow throughout our lives. And so it's the same thing when it comes to our stories. You've already lived certain experiences. There's no need to, as my mama would say, rehash old, you know, reopen old wounds. You don't have to do that anymore. You can stay in the present with where you are and tell that story and then realize that it's enough. Like it doesn't have to be a trauma story. It doesn't have to be an abusive story. It doesn't have to be a painful story. What you have right now in the present, even when things are really, really good, is enough because it still can encourage somebody. So what, what sticks out to you the most when you talk about the testimony in this portion of your life, in this in, in Ink Pen Diva, Truth Behind My Pen? I think it's just it's recognizing that um, when it comes to business, that business is hard and that there are certain challenges that go, that's going to come along with that. But it's, it's embracing that truth and embracing the growth that you experience as a business owner. And my business is books, so I'm around stories every single day. But it's also just that realization that, you know, as a business owner, there was something for me to share, you know, because I didn't always think that that was the case. There was something for me to share as a business owner. And so I was able to do that with Ink Pendiva. I was able to be vulnerable, right? I had to pull, y'all, I had to dig deep. <laughs> 
I had to dig deep, but I was able to be vulnerable. I was able to be honest. And every tear that I felt, every smile that I felt, all of that, I was able to put on the pages and leave it there. Listen, yeah, go get that book right now, <laughs> inkpendiva.com. Go on there to the website and get the book. So I want you to go deep now. Mm-hmm. Which one stuck out to you the most? Like, what's what's because I mean, I I don't want to tell the story, <laughs> but like, well, at what point between the timeline, you know, was like, I'll, I'll give you a better question. What was it that you thought you would never say publicly that you put in the book? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, what would I never say publicly? The biggest story was. Um, going through an ectopic pregnancy when I, at the beginning of my business, um, that was something that I never spoke about publicly. People never knew that I had to have, cause as a result of that, you have to have emergency surgery and I was out of commission for weeks. And so that was something that I never wanted to talk about, never wanted to acknowledge because I was still dealing with my own womanhood, um, at that time in my own femininity. And so, but that's also happening right after I launched Ink Pendiva. So I have clients, I have a business now, I'm up and running. I was also working a side hustle at the time. Um, I had a full-time job and so, but I was also going through that. So, and that was the other thing too, Jay, is that I realized that, you know, when I was building my business, I was still very actively living life. And there were things that were happening behind the scenes that people had no knowledge of. Yeah, I mean, that's also traumatic too. It is. You know, so trauma got different faces. And so you in a situation like that, and um, again, not trying to tell the book, but you're dealing with it for the most part alone. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're trying to deal with a, a business which can change your life and t- right. turn your life upside down. And then you're dealing with other individual stories, which yeah. you're going through those roller coasters. Exactly. Because everybody's not coming in with a good story. Everybody got their trauma story. Yes. Everybody want to write a book <laughs> right. they, when, when they want to talk about their trauma, when they mm-hmm. came out of trauma. Like yeah. some, I want the happiest person in the world to write a book about being happy. <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? I would love that. But that's not usually <laughs> what you get, right? You no. know, it's always somebody got knocked upside the head. Yes. Somebody got this happened to them. Yeah. Somebody abandoned them. Rate them, did this like, and you got to, you got to take all that in because you're helping them, mm-hmm. you know. But did you ever feel like I got something to say, and who's going to listen to me, or did you feel like nobody wanted to listen to you? I didn't think that people wanted to know me for anything else, um, and and that's just such a, a a hard, even to say that now, that's just a hard thing. Is that I didn't think that people people knew me for being a domestic violence survivor, like that was a connection point. Because a lot of people, because I, again, and I didn't see my going, being a survivor as a prized possession. I didn't see that as the badge of honor that I've come to realize that it is now. And so that was our connection. I was the girl who gave the face to being a survivor, and that was it. Yeah. And that's what people wanted. And that's what they wanted to know, at least that's how I felt. Yeah. That, that, or that's what they wanted from me. And so that was also the energy that I was projecting. Even when I didn't talk as much as about being a survivor, I didn't really do a really a good job of promoting me having a business either. I was just very fortunate that I did a really good job and my clients were, and they still are like a number one referral source for me because of the work that I did with them. So, you know, it, it's just, again, just that whole, the truth is where I stick with when it comes to that book is the truth. The truth is, is that I had another story to tell. The truth is, is that we all have more than one story to tell. It's just whether or not we're willing to to put ourselves in position to do it. 
Yeah, I think, and you can t- you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that when we get to this space, especially we just talk about domestic violence, we mm-hmm. both have experience in that. You yeah. know, you being a survivor, me creating a um, a documentary of it. Mm-hmm. I I think I start to find people live in that space. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying it's like, all right, I'm here, and they just get comfortable with that. And I think mm-hmm. with trauma, period. You know, yeah. like people find their space. You know, to get comfortable, they get their futon couch, yeah. and they just lay there. You know what yeah, I'm saying? They do. And you, I think you were having a lot of issues because you were trying to navigate away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, people were trying to keep you in it, and I think that you should be in some space, especially when it's time to step into that space to help out other um, women. Well, people, period, because we learned that it's not just women. Oh, yeah. But trying to go away from the comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, of that space, did you find, do you think that that was um, very tough for you? And you think that that's where other other women are finding themselves, you know, having a hard time trying to get out of that comfort zone? Absolutely, because you, you wrap yourself in the blanket of trauma, right? You wrap yourself in the blanket of it. Like you said, you do come comfortable. You do make your bed in it. It's the devil you know. Yeah. I know every single day what my I knew what my life was going to be like when I was very actively coming out of that relationship. I knew that I was going to cry. I knew that I was going to be afraid. And I grew comfortable in that. Anytime, and even before I started writing a book, before I started launching a business, anytime I was trying to pull out of that, nope, that little blanket would pull me right back in. And there I went hiding under the covers once again. And so I do think that people, they get comfortable in they, their pain. They get comfortable in their trauma. They get comfortable in their issues. And it becomes their safe house. And so anytime you try to pull them out of it to say, hey, there is more in this life for you. There's more that you have to offer. I see I see more for you than you see for yourself. And even in those moments, they're still like, nah, I hear you, but... I'm going to go back to here because this is where I'm comfortable at. And that's a real, that's a sad state of affairs. And having had my own experience with it, um, I know firsthand how that feels, but I also know how it feels to be like on the other side. And I know what it's like when you come out of it fully and you become this brand new woman or this brand new man for my fellas that's listening. You know, you become this brand new person and you're like, man, this is what was waiting on me. And I was still trying to stay stuck here. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. But, you know, we all have to have our awakening moments where we see that, gosh, life is so much sweeter on the other side. You know, the funny thing, like, again, your story, and again, not giving it away, but (laughs) you're, you go from, you were working with domestic violence. I mean, um, survivors, like, this is your full-time job at one point. Like, do you feel like that was a mistake or do you feel like that was what you needed at the time? Because, I, and I mean that because, again, same with the books. Yeah. You left the trauma. Now every woman that's coming in there, right? They got just as bad as you or worse stories as you, and mm-hmm. then you have to internalize that and take that in. Was that? A, do you feel like that was a mistake, or you feel like it was something that helped you? Um, gosh, probably neither of those things. I felt as though it just shined the light on the fact that I was living a lie. Mm. Um, it was very difficult for me to advocate on behalf of battered women and their children and not see that I too was that. Yeah. And so I'm out in the community cause I did community education and outreach. I'm out talking about, I'm sharing the stories that I hear. I see the women coming into the shelters and their children and how broken and beat down they look. And then I go home and it's the exact same thing for me, but I'm like, well, I haven't been punched in the face yet. Yeah. Well, he hasn't taken all of my money yet. And you start to rationalize that, oh, it's not as bad. This really isn't that. 
and at one moment you do have to wake up when it does get that bad and you say, wow, I've really, I'm advocating when I should have been being advocated for. Yeah. And so it, it was, it was a very tough time, but again, you know, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I had the experience, you know, believe it or not, because I think it just helped shape me into the woman that I am today. So entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Entrepreneurship. <laughs> you know, we, we you're, you're the independent diva. Yeah. You're working a job, not that job, but you had another job at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, taking it up another notch, something that people probably would still be at right now. Yeah. Um, because it could be a career job, but you say you got tapped on the shoulder and say, mm -hmm. Hey, look, it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. You choose to say, Hey, I'm going to this entrepreneurship full time. Mm -hmm. What was the transition like? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Um, Cause Jay, once business took off for me, business really took off for me. It's like people were like, "Oh wow, there's somebody out there that can help me write a book that's not connected to education." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I felt because it was a wide open market. It was a wide open lane for me, and I just think that the stars aligned, and it was perfect timing for me to become who I was, and so. Business was booming. I had all the clients. I I didn't. I, it got to the point of where I did. I no longer needed my work paycheck. I could save it, and that led the way. And I didn't realize that I was doing it at the time. But I started building up that nest egg. You know that the people at the time were telling me, "Hey, you need to have savings because you need to be able to take care of yourself." Like you know, you're just starting out. You don't know. You don't have your paycheck anymore to kind of undergird any sort of unexpected expenses. So, but then. 2016 September 2016 was that moment for me where I really went to God and I prayed and I said something has got to give because I found myself you know and hopefully my boss old boss isn't hearing this but I found myself working more for my business on my job than I was on my job that's everybody you know what I mean <laughs> So, I, you know I was taking client calls like I was really being reckless and so I just had to say to myself you know what I just went and I prayed and I said, is this the moment for me? Yeah. Is this the time for me to really step out of and step away from the job and really see if I can do this full time? And it took me six months. Yeah. Six months of continual saving, six months of continual building. March the 1st, I even remember, you know, where I was when I wrote that resignation letter. But March the 1st, um, I walked into my boss's office during our normal, you know, monthly, uh, weekly meeting on a Monday handed her my resignation. March 31st was my last day as an employee. April 1st, 2017, I stepped into full-time entrepreneurship. <laughs> On April Fool's Day, can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> it's, hey, listen, so, you know, it's funny because it seemed like you did everything right. Yeah. It seemed like you did everything right. Mm -hmm. But, but wait, there's more, right? Always. Yeah. <laughs> so, it slowed down for you. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us about the slowdown. When I started, I had I had to plan, Jay. I had the whiteboard. I had everything. I had the clients. I had the, the workflow. I had the money coming in. I was good. But then those clients finished their books. Oh, man. And then it felt like I was pulling teeth, trying to get more clients to really sort of sustain me going into the very next year. But... With the slowing down of clients came the slowing down of revenue. There was no more job paycheck. And so 2018, not even a year later, here I am homeless. 
this this is this is the part about business that people don't talk about. Right. You know, um, I you can find a hundred people on social media right now, yeah. and they're all talking about how oh, you want to make six figures in six months. You want to make <laughs> six figures in three days. I did this. I just started in a short amount of time. I can do this like the whole sales pitch. But more often than not, the story sounds like this. Mm-hmm. The story sounds like this. It's like, and again, I go back to saying, it seems like you did everything right. Yeah. You prayed yep. first thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, you had a plan. You had your whiteboard. You were saving money. You had money in the bank. Yes. You had all this stuff. Yes. You set a date. Like everybody say, you say you want to do this, buy a win. Buy yeah. a win. Buy a win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did it. And that still didn't work. And prevent you from being homeless. No. Did you want to give up the business at that time? Or, or what, what was your thoughts? I did not. <laughs> and No, you, that's a good thing. That's a good mean? thing. I hey, did not. That deserved to be. <laughs> no, because at the end of the day, some people would have been like, hey, I'm done. And you know what, Jay? I, and I just, because when I started Ink Pendiva, a few months later, my, my dad passed away. Mm. So I'm dealing with that. I told you about the egg topic. I'm dealing with that. And then now here I am again. I'm like, oh, and I should have, right? My mental faculty should have came to me and said, Tamika, maybe now is not the time. <laughs> maybe you need to pause. Maybe go back to work for a little while. But I was determined to make entrepreneurship work. And I just saw it as a bad time. And I didn't understand that business had cycles. Like, you helped me to understand that so many years later. But I didn't understand that business had cycles. And I didn't understand that there were going to be those moments. I was like, oh, I I can do this. I can do this. I was on my ass, but I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't know where the next dollar was coming from, Jay, but I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. What about support? What about the support system? What does the support system look like? I didn't have much of a support system. I, you know, I had my family. They were there for me, but they couldn't help me. They, you know, there were no other entrepreneurs in my family. None of my friends were entrepreneurs. Um, I, I, the coaches that I was working with at the time, they were all gone, you know, just gone. And so it was me. And so I was left to really sort of figure this out on my own. And what's crazy is, is I was okay with that space because I had been in that space before of having to figure something out on my own, but it never dawned on me that you can make this easier for yourself if you would just go back and get a job. Yeah. So now that's my advice to people when it comes to business, because if it gets hard and you are like, don't wait until you get to the bottom like I was to try to figure it out and even then not make the right decision. If you find yourself falling on hard times, if the writing is on the wall, as they say, do yourself a favor and go get a job. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that hard. And she's not saying quit your business no. and get a job. She's saying get a way to sustain yourself income wise yeah. while you build your business. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, individuals really have done a number on people's mindset to make the job look like it's the devil. And this is a 20 year entrepreneur saying it's like, mm-hmm. and I haven't had a job in a long time. Right. So, <laughs> It's not about that. It's just like we always want to force testimonies when we don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, and we've also put ourselves in a situation where we feel like just enough is enough. Right. We plan for just enough. I only need three thousand dollars for this to, for my mom's expenses, my house, my car. But if I make thirty five hundred dollars, that's enough. Yeah. No, that's not enough. You know, you need way more than enough to be enough. You know, so two years of inflation without any, any, um, you know, income increase 
Now you're under, you know what I'm saying, with that amount of money, right? So rent goes up. Expenses goes up. Again, I said this on the video. He did $10 for eggs. Nobody was paying. We Nobody expected to pay $10 no. for eggs. Gas went from two-something to four-something. Like, those expenses change rapidly. And so if you're not, you know, if you don't have, you you, you left your job yeah. because you had enough, right? Yeah. Not because enough. you had more than enough. Right. Because you had enough. Mm -hmm. And so you had enough for that time. You didn't have enough for what, what could possibly happen exactly. going forward. Exactly. So you're homeless at this point. Yeah. Trying to figure it out, not giving up the business. Right. You know, you, you decided that you were going to stay. Mm -hmm. You were going to push it through. Mm -hmm. What were those calls like? What was the business going? What was going on with the business at that time? So, you know, as I went towards the end of 2018, I started getting calls again. I started getting clients reaching out to me again. Um, and, you know, because the thing is, Jay, even though a homeless, I would still find a way to do a client call. I, I found a way to get internet uh, to do, you know, what I need to do from working on manuscript perspective. Like, I, I, I just figured it out. I found a way. And so that kept me somewhat in front of the people where they thought yeah. on the outside looking in, you would have thought, oh, Tamika never missed a step. I was leading a women's empowerment movement at this time, <laughs> self-assured woman. So I'm facilitating telesummits and workshops. I had just did a workshop. I had just did my first live women's empowerment event, and I left that event with having no place to stay mm. because I'd saved up. I had sponsors for my conference. I had women flying in from different parts of the country to come to this event. But here I am, then they're going back to their prospective homes and their prospective businesses. And I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So it was tough, but you know, so you seeing all that, you're like, Oh man, Tamika was on top of the world. And people would say that, Oh girl, God has so much store in you. But I'm like, I, I don't know where I'm going to live. See, but you, and you <laughs> and you thought you didn't have something to tell to talk about, right? <laughs> Hello, you thought you didn't right. have anything to say. I know, like yo, this business is being built on the back of a woman who don't have a place to stay. Yeah, um, I, you know, again, cheating a little bit because I know, <laughs> and it got to a point you didn't have transportation. Yep, you know, so no internet. Well, mm -hmm. we find the internet wherever hot spots, whatever the case may yeah. be. Walking, walking. Yep. But you're still running the business. At what time was the point where you started saying, I got to do this differently? Um, it was headed into, towards the end of 2018, headed into 2019. Um, I just had this really tough conversation with myself, and I said, I cannot live this way anymore. Like, um, I, f I didn't feel as though I was faking it, but I knew that that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm because I, you know, I would try to find a way to do live streams. I mean, I, I, I tried not to let anything stop because I would be concerned about how it would look. Wow, there you go, there you go. <laughs> how would it look to the women that's? I, I mean, I had over fifteen hundred women that were in my movement at this time. Women that depended on me to be who I was, to be the leader, right? To be the woman that they could come to for support. And I'm like, if I let them know what's going on, I knew I would lose my movement. Mm. Um, because of then what do they have to aspire to if I failed 
within a year if I'm struggling to do to this point and reaching the point of where we went from virtual to live in person that is a big deal for yeah. people that that was building virtual communities and I was able to do that and I was con- like what would they think about me what would they say about me how would they receive me if they wouldn't anymore so I kept up appearances to make it look good and that, that sucks, man. Yeah. That sucks because, yeah. and I, you know, see, I pulled up my, my calculator. I'm going to do my little math <laughs> real fast. This is where the scary part at. And if y'all want to learn something about business and you got to be honest, this is the real truth about yeah. this situation. She had 1,500 people in her group. But if these fifteen hundred people would have gave her one hundred dollars for her product, her service or product, mm-hmm. she'd had one hundred fifty grand. That would have probably paid for three years of living yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. So we have to start being honest with ourselves. Like we be putting it as an entrepreneurs, we put on for the people right. because entrepreneurship is selfless, you know. And we want to help out everybody, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But if these people try, like I said, I said a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. If they just gave up fifty dollars, yeah. that'd have been seventy-five thousand. If they gave up twenty-five dollars, you know what I'm saying? Now you in the thirty-something range, but that still would have had you into an apartment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not on the street, right? Mm-hmm. Not staying in different places, trying to figure out what you're gonna do. Like, so is that really your group, or mm-hmm. is it not? You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Because we have that situation on social media where it's like, oh, I got 5,000 followers. I can't show up on social media not looking like I'm supposed to be looking. It's like, they don't check for me. Right. They're really not talking to me. They're not following what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so we have to actually not lose sight of what's actually happening in our lives. Right. You know, and, and so we can actually make the proper moves for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's such an important point to make, Jay, because I, you know, even now, you know, and I've been doing ink pen, you know, been in business since for ten years, ten years this year, and so I see the difference that of entrepreneurship and how it looks. Like, yeah. my, you know, nobody, you would never know that people were struggling, homeless, living out of their cars, didn't scraping up money for gas and using coins. People would never, now that everybody's in a private jet, now everybody's flying across <laughs> the world, now everybody's on all of these multiple stages, and let me tell y'all something that is not real life. Now I'm not saying it's not real for everyone, but it's definitely not real for the majority. Not even a little and bit. that's what we see. That's yeah. what we see. That's why, you know, cause you know, 10 years ago, entrepreneurship wasn't a wave. Yeah. Well, 20 years, 15 <laughs> years, definitely but for you. Yeah. Yeah. But now 10 years ago, yeah, it was starting to change a little bit, but yeah. now these last five years has been ridiculous. Like everybody, like leave your job. Don't go to work. You can do it yourself. And I get it. For the hourly wagers, yeah, you know, you have these side hustles that you can kind of replace that. But the difference is, if you're an hourly wager and you don't have, if you're not a self-starter, then you need to stay there. Yeah. Because being an Uber driver, going through all this, you still have to be a self-starter. There's some hustle about you in order to, you know, make more money. Yes, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. You can't leave on the possibility all the time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I definitely can make more money. Are you going to put in the work? You know, are you going to sit in traffic all that time to do that? Are you going to go ahead and do DoorDash? Are you going to go to people? Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And that stuff requires work. It's definitely work. It's not, you know, no less work than what you do at the, at the job. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a big lie. So, you know, you're going into 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 19, my life changed. <laughs> 
I'll let you tell. Go ahead. In 19, my life changed. Um, so of course I'm, I'm in Columbia, right? I, I was finally able to, to get back on my feet. And so now I'm in an apartment, not in the best of neighborhoods, but it's, it's my apartment. I'm, I'm bouncing back, right? Your girl is coming back. That's what I said. I'm coming back. Right. And, um, I was able to do it as a business owner still with no job. So I had enough money to do what I needed to do to get in there and do all the things. And <laughs> there was, uh, someone that I knew that said, I know somebody that wants to write a book. <laughs> And I said, okay, who is it? So she told me about the gentleman who evidently I had already been connected to on Facebook for years and had never and never had opportunity to meet in person. You want to tell him why? What happened? With the Facebook? No. So I, I'll tell it. Okay, you tell it. We got connected because <laughs> I was doing that documentary I talked about four oh, years my prior. <laughs> and you know, some of the people that was working with me on the project said, oh, I got the perfect person. And they reached out to her and she was like, nah, she ain't no. going to be bothered. So, you know, <laughs> no. she she respectfully declined the opportunity to be on Unbeatable. I uh, just domestic don't know violence what happened don't win. in that case. So that's how we was. <laughs> we found out that's how we got connected on social media. Right. Yeah. OK. OK. So that I don't know what happened, you guys. So. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, but so we, then, um, you know, later on, I guess it was later on. I don't know how much time had passed about between a month. that, about a month. Going into so. 2018, uh, coming out of 2018, going into 2019, it's about a month. Now, this is the irony of it all, you guys, because, you know, once I see and I'm like, oh, there's an interviewing platform here. Oh, I have a book. I have a business. I was doing some different things at the time, working in music. And I'm like, oh, let me, you know, pitch myself. <laughs> Okay, pitch myself and I, and I, okay. So I'm like, let me pitch myself to be on the show. So immediately I got a response back. Um, you know, the studios and the platform, uh, the studios there in Columbia, so I could go to the studio and actually do the interview in person. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off the day of the interview, and lo and behold, it is Mr. Washington. <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold, it is Jay Halim. And I'm like, okay. And so from that moment, um, from our first conversation, my life just completely turned around, completely turned around. And so found somebody to beat up on, I found somebody to beat up on. <laughs> um, and we, that was our first interaction was our, an interview, a sit down interview like this discussion. And, um, it was just an amazing conversation. It was an amazing conversation. She said that's my best interview. I, I ever say did. it's his best interview. <laughs> I just want I'm gonna go on record so y'all can hear me on Star Talk platform now that that was his best interview because we were just able to connect not just about books and stories but also music. Yeah. Um, that's been that was a lifelong passion for the both of us, and so that was you know, and it's like wow, there's a you know another person here that can talk the language that I can talk, and <laughs> you know what I mean, and we can bounce off and talk about the music scene and the industry. You know, Jay from the New York area, I'm South Carolina, but we were both kind of managing artists and doing all the things. So, wow. And then it's like yeah, after that's like yeah, um, I want to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we was like, well, let's get to the book because yeah. that was the initial, somewhat post supposedly introduction. Uh -huh. But like, yeah, so don't you, ain't you the one with the book <laughs> that help for people write books? Yeah. But I'll say, you know, about ten minutes of talking outside of the what's the name? I, I mm -hmm. said you need to come work with me. Forget the book. 
Because yes. I didn't care nothing about writing a book. He didn't care nothing about the it book. It was just me speaking. <laughs> and everybody's like, yay, since you got it, you're speaking, you, you know, you're talking, doing these talks. Mm-hmm. Need to have a book. I didn't, you know. It's usually, I went out of order like I do a lot of things, you know. So, <laughs> if you're supposed to, you know, write this book. Everybody's supposed to like the book. Then you're supposed to speak and talk about it. Right. I went the completely opposite direction. And, um, you know, so I was already speaking. I already had a platform. I already had merchandise. I already had all of that stuff. I just didn't have a book. So, I'm like, hey, we can do it. But I think you'll be better off doing this yeah. with me. <laughs> and, um. You know, so she she was like, no, we're going to do this book. And I just remember her, um, you know, just telling me, like, no, you're going to do it. You need to do it. All that other stuff like that. But the part that stands out to me, especially for this conversation here, Mm -hmm. is that the vulnerability. Because, Mm -hmm. well, first of all, when you told me, you know, how much the price was and we had a conversation, I was like, nah, you got to charge a little bit more than that. But then when we couldn't, we had our first missed meeting. Starbucks meeting. Yeah. That that always stands out to me because I'm like, okay, you know, so now what? He was like, well, um, I can come by your office later or you can stop by the house. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Because you didn't know me like that. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it was going to be a real vulnerable moment because Correct. now somebody's coming to your house right. and seeing you, you yeah, know. I was actually living. Yeah. It was... um. You know, because, right, I didn't have, I still didn't have a car. Yeah. And I didn't even have a car. I had to get a ride to to do our interview. And so, um, and when stars didn't align for me to actually meet you like we had planned to at Starbucks, um, you know, I, I, I felt as though I had no choice. And I felt comfortable enough with you to say, this is okay. But then also in the back of my mind, I'm like, I didn't have a, a kitchen table for us to sit at. Um, and so I had to create a table for us to sit and to actually have the meeting and the conversation. And I didn't have cable. I didn't have internet. So I was literally bringing you into my space that, w- and I was completely, it was open. And I knew that you would see me for who I really was. Um, but I also didn't think that you would lose the respect for me of my gift and what I could do, how I could help you really tell your story or bring your story to life. And so it, it was really, it was a, it was a tough decision spur of the moment, but I made it, I think with the hopes that this wouldn't change yeah. how you saw me, um, even though I was bringing you into my space. And so um, that, that was tough because I'd never done that before. Yeah. And I would have never <laughs> done that had I not said, you know what, here I am, I got a job to do. If we're going to get this done, this is how it has to be, and it is what it is. And so, um, and, and I think that that helped me to realize that it was okay for me to accept my truth. And, you know, I, I don't know, it was just, things just aligned, and I just think that you just happened to be the the person that I made that decision with so i i don't know you know even from your perspective how it was you know because i was a woman you know what i'm saying you know so i can tell you um i mean the initial situation wasn't but no thing you know because i come from that and so i wasn't tripping but moving forward it it was a life-changing situation for me because i got a chance to finally reciprocate or get not so much reciprocate but give somebody something that i always prayed for 
I wanted people to see me because I spent so much of my time being vulnerable and being burnt because I was vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't have, I've made TikTok videos, whole YouTube, maybe 30, 40 minute videos. I've cussed people out. I've, I, I mean, <laughs> I've talked to my coaches that I've had, like, vulnerability don't live here no more right. for me because vulnerability never worked for me. But I was happy to be in a space to not shit on somebody else who was vulnerable to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And give them what I never got. I've never gotten. I can't. I'll say like, OK, I was vulnerable in a space and somebody probably said, OK, here and then move on. Like, right. but like you said, the respect wasn't there. We probably not having conversing anymore. We're not friends. We're not that. Alright I saw you in this space I showed love and kept it moving Kept it moving yeah Like no I saw you in that space And I'm like I'm not going to You know I couldn't do nothing the first time Because again we still was getting to know each other But mm -hmm. I'm like okay it, had, it didn't affect how we did the work while we were there It right. didn't affect how you communicated with me It didn't right. affect anything that we were doing at the time So I'm like it's no need for me to make her suffer Right For that But then it drew me nearer saying you know what I got to You know what I'm saying? We're going we gonna to make this work because, yeah. again, I never had that. Every time when I finally decided to go vulnerable in my life, everybody went the opposite way on me or treat, or mistreated me. So I, I knew I couldn't do that to you or, or nobody, but it was just you at that time. Yeah. So. And I appreciate that because, you know, that was about like, and I was still using the phone for Internet purposes. Yeah, I remember you know that what phone. I mean? it was broken. <laughs> the phone was broke. The computer was broken. But oh man, I was doing it though. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing it, and so you know, I just was you know, and so again, I just think. Of course, I've thanked you over the years since we've known each other. But definitely thanking you on this platform for. Um, for treating me with respect, not looking down on me, because you could have easily walked in, you know, uh, a business owner of your caliber, a man of your caliber could have easily walked in and turned right back around out of the door, and the whole thing would have been going away because of, you know, just what it looked like really behind the scenes and me pulling behind the veil and allowing you to come into. You could have easily done that, you know, if you were not the person that you were and if you didn't, I guess, see something in me or sit, whatever that was. <laughs> I just been there. Keep it yeah. I just been there. I told yeah. you story. I remember you remember real fast. I remember, you know, um, I'm coming up taking photos and doing video, and I'm working for eight dollars an hour cleaning up a hotel. And a lady paid for me to come to Atlanta to shoot with her, and set me up in a hotel, did all that other stuff. And the very next week, she came and walked into the Hampton Inn and saw me with a mop in my hand, mopping the floor. And she looked like I stole money from her because I know if she didn't know that I did that and she never asked me, but I, mm -hmm. I just know in my heart, if she didn't know that I that's what I did full time at, at that particular time, she would have never gave me that money that she gave me. She never right. gave me the opportunity. And that felt bad, even though there was no words exchanged in that manner. It was, hey, and she said, oh, you work here and you could just see, see it, yeah. the disgust in her face. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I didn't do a bad job for you. I performed at a high level for you. Like, why should I be looked upon? Even if that's just my side, you don't know what I'm doing. I could have had three jobs. Exactly. But that it wasn't looked like that. It didn't, nobody wasn't looking at it like that. So I just like how people did me. I would never do that to nobody else. Yeah. 
And that, that's good, and that's a great point because we do have to be mindful how we treat others when we see them in a space. Yeah. Um, but we, we, you know, we don't do a really good job of that as humans, um, as people. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do a good job of that because we, we just have this expectation. I don't know where it comes from that, you know, it, it can't be more than one thing. Like you yeah. can't, you couldn't also, you couldn't be a great photographer and also be working a side hustle just yeah. because somebody paid you. Like that, that, that doesn't give somebody the right to look down on you and yeah. i think that people need to understand that like just because you pay somebody to do a job or whatever the case may be doesn't mean that when you see them in a different space that you get to look down on them or treat them a certain kind of way like that's nuts yeah it's it's crazy so i mean we we get to going and ripping and running <laughs> <laughs> yes it's 2019 I, again it's changed both our lives yeah. I, I would say you know um i just remember those days and um trying to figure it out but this was, you know, for you, this was your first time and last time being a ghostwriter. Yes. Because I remember, <laughs> tell, you know, you tell, I'm like, I'm busy. I can't, oh I don't have God. the time <laughs> to do this. So I, I, I need you to do it. If I I'll pay a, you extra. Yes. <laughs> I'll do whatever, but I, I can't do this. I can't be the one to write this book. And y'all, I'm like, ain't no way in the world nobody that busy. Like, I'm like, you are, I'm like, how you can't meet for another month? Like, how in the world are we going? Because me, like, my whole model was in business, this is the timeline, this is the structure, this is how it has to be, and that's it. This is, this is it. You signed up for this, you knew what it was, this is it. But he's like, yeah, I can meet this Tuesday, but then, you know, I got to travel to San Francisco, and I'm back in Atlanta, and I got to go this place, that place, and so it'll be, yeah, next month. Huh? like scooby-doo no so <laughs> but i you know of course you know once he and i started working together and i'm seeing his count i'm like oh you really are so then i was like you know what let's let's take a stab at it let's take a stab at it but you know anything and everything that i asked him to do leading up until the point where we started having those ghostwriting conversations he did y'all a thousand and one percent like i didn't have to wait before the deadline he fully devoted himself to telling the story and doing what I asked him to do. So I entertained the idea. Now, again, y'all know me. I'm kicking and screaming because I'm like, I ain't no ghostwriter. I don't know. I don't know how to. And But here we are. And I Won't Starve has is one of the pinnacles of my business. It is one of my crown jewels. It is um, I, I am so proud of that work. And not just because I stepped into a different space, but I am so proud of that work. And right behind it, right behind <laughs> and it continues it continues to change people's lives that story and I, i'm just i'm honored to even have been chosen in that space because i know you know even you were wanted looking to work with other people to write your book now i don't yeah. know if you want them to ghost write for you yeah i did i did i came into it like that because when i first again when i first started thinking about writing a book and everybody was telling me about this yeah I, I got busy as I ever been, you know what I'm saying? Like in those two years, it was like a two year process. I yeah. was just like, look, I don't have time for this. I never wanted to write a book. People kept putting that on my life. Now I won't, I can't see myself not, <laughs> yeah. but you know, people kept putting that on my life. You're going to write a book. You're going to write a book. You're going to write a book. And I'm like, eh, whatever. And so once that happened, and when I reached out to some people I knew and it just didn't never pan out, I was already done. Like, man, forget this book stuff. Mm -hmm. But then somebody, you know, we got introduced, and I'm like, okay, cool. And again, I told you the first day, like, I got other things that you could be doing yeah. <laughs> for me. You ain't got to worry about this book stuff. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm like, well, if you're going to do that, then fine. I mean, this is, you know, monumental. If I spent the camera around, literally, mm -hmm. this is when things start happening. I don't know. That's on my wall right now. You know, working with the NBA, WNBA, stuff like that, the NFL. All, I, all this stuff was happening at that time. You know, Amtrak, Save the Children Foundation. Like, I'm traveling. I work with some of the biggest law firms in the Southeast and, like all that's happening at this time of doing this book. And then we created I Won't Starve the movement. I Won't Starve the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're doing these workshops. I don't have time to write nothing. I don't care about <laughs> nothing. But it's funny when you make time for it because yeah. by that summer, that was in the beginning of the year, but by that summer we were locked in. And I found myself spending more time on the book because we had to get it done um, than anything. And it was life-changing for me as well, of course, becoming an author, but just telling stuff that I wasn't going to tell nobody. I'm going to tell you. It's a thing. <laughs> and then, but here's the other part, too, is that I experienced monumental growth as a book coach when we were working on I Won't Starve. Um, because, one, I had to change my method. I couldn't approach Jay with the same thought that everybody else came with me because, as he said, he already built a brand. He had already had live events and workshops, and he was already speaking and teaching and training and traveling. Um, he was already doing all of those things. So this wasn't – he wasn't new, fresh out of the gate. Now, new in the book space, sure – but everything else from a brand building perspective, he already had in place press kit, speaker one sheet, photos, like all the things I would tell my clients to get. Now he already came to me with that. So I had to change my approach in order for it to be what it needed to be. And I grew as a writer during yeah. that spot because I couldn't tell the story the same. Yeah. And I had to embody his voice. I talked about embodying the Ink Pen Diva, but I had to embody his voice and I had to do an excellent job of um, telling the story. And, you know, I wasn't alone in that process. And I think that that's what made it beautiful at the end of the day was the fact that it was a, a partner, a, something that you were also willing to commit yourself yeah. to. Like you said, we were locked in. And so we definitely, we, we got that project to the finish line. And, oh, my gosh, just it went nuts. <laughs> it went nuts. So, you know, um, in the middle of doing the book, mm -hmm. you, you know, was in a space things started going on and you thought that you were out of the woods yeah household wise mm -hmm. and then here in the middle of the summer is like his rearing his ugly head again is it hadn't caught up fast enough right what was your thought process um that I once again found myself like back on the bottom that you know I felt as though I was constantly scraping you know you feel like you're constantly scraping just to get to the top only to be knocked back down every single time you saw some light and you know jay how they say that there's light at the end of the tunnel but i swear my light was like another train <laughs> my light was another train every time i saw that light it was another train coming and another train coming and then here come the eviction notices right mm -hmm. and then here come the the days of struggling with finding with food and all of the things that come along with that tr another train coming at the end of the tunnel. And, um, but again, I kept trucking, trucking, I kept plucking along. And then I was able to, again, pull myself out of it, <laughs> you know, some way, somehow. And I really just, you know, I have to, I, I have to give, you know, your flowers because when you saw me in that vulnerable state, you also saw potential, 
And that potential caused you to spring into action and help me in ways that I had not been helped before. And I'm not talking financially, you guys. So don't think that I'm talking about him utilizing his gifts and his resources, his talents and his abilities to push me into the spot of where I needed to be. And that helped. That helped because I, you know, I was able to turn things around and once again, financially, once again, really show up as the person that I was supposed to be as a business owner. Um, and eventually, um, <laughs> once the light at the end of, end of the tunnel actually became light, then <laughs> I was able to put myself in another apartment uh, in, a, in a much better um, side of town, much nicer. And um, that was just the start of really, really turning things around. You know, and I mentioned that because I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss that point. And what yeah. you said, you know, um, when you want to help people, you know, and you really truly helping people, like she said, it wasn't just about finances. Right. You know, if you see somebody, you actually the help should be telling me for them, correct? Not the way you want to help mm -hmm. them. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that she had a business that can go. She has something that she can do. It just was just that like, it's always these little nagging things. That keep you from growing. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody goes through it. No matter what it is, it's like, damn, if I can just get this out of the way. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll be fine. Every month, this comes at the same time, and it's never, you know, right for me. So if that, I can take this away for two months, I'll be fine. If I can get a better opportunity. So we say, okay, you know what? Don't worry about an office space. Here you go. You got one. Don't worry. You already working with me anyway. So you over here, right. you know, don't worry about that computer. That's not yeah. working. Here go a better one, a brand new one. Don't worry about that. Here go this. Here go, like, I'm going to call this person. I'm going to talk to this person. We're going to show this. We're going to make this happen so that you can be okay. And I wanted to empower her. You know what I'm saying? I wanted her to still do her thing, even though now at this point it's like you're with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But you still have to be the Inkpen Diva. Right. I, I never bought into getting right with Tamika. So no matter <laughs> what, she's been she's never not been that. She's back in my phone still like cover Inkpen Diva to me. <laughs> like, but no, because I knew like if I helped her to get strong, mm -hmm. now I have a, a strong ally. Yeah. Not just somebody who's doing what I say. Do I actually have a strong ally that can run with me? I wanted somebody to run with me, not somebody to run when I say run. That's what that was. And so, you know, um, once we got through this book, <laughs> I I know my life changed, but this is about you. Right. <laughs> Where did the business go once you were done with I Won't Star? It, you know, I'm emotional over here just thinking about that time because my the whole trajectory of my company changed. Um, I was a completely different person by the end of us working on that project. My life was starting to turn around personally. Um I was finally able to charge what I was worth at the time um, versus really selling myself short, um, which is what I had been doing because I was trying to survive and just trying to, to make it day by day. And so when I think about it now and I look back on it and it's so crazy that we're doing this interview now so many years later where I've gone through like a personal evolution and time of growth, I just can't help but to fight back tears because I just realized what life was like for me back then and where it is today. So I'm I'm just so grateful. But business changed. And I, I think we were at a networking event or dinner or something one night. I think it was a networking event. And um, 
and I was sitting next to a gentleman who had been thinking about writing a book and he was like, oh, that's all. <laughs> and me hearing that out loud from somebody else was like, oh, OK, yeah, no, this can never be this way. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday's price. <laughs> is but not I told you from the price. door, you know, yes, what I mean? you but it was like, you know, we had to go through other metamorphoses. Yeah. So it took away. I think it took away from that. But I remember that day yeah. when he was like, he said, hey, that's not a lot. I'm like, no, I told you it's not a lot. <laughs> like, and then, and funny thing, you had actually went up from I did, that thing, I did, and that still yeah, wasn't I a did. lot. So still you know, lot, look, the yeah. price is completely different today. I'm gonna let you know right now. <laughs> so you gotta make it move. It's different now. But look, <laughs> this is a, a starve talk special, right? So this is which means this is going to be a two parter. So we're going to end this right here because we this is coming up on her one year anniversary of Ink Pen Diva the truth behind my pen. And so this is the change of start of, of both of our different lives, you know. Yeah. But we're going to get into now no more I'm getting put out my house, no more none of that stuff in in the life. We're going to start talking about in the second half of this about that stuff, the come up, the real come up, the yeah. real grind, the real how you got to where from that point to now where yeah. you are so listen if you've been on here you've been watching <laughs> us look next week the next one will be here too in the meantime <laughs> in between time subscribe to the youtube page at starve talk or youtube at starve talk subscribe to the page go to inkpendiva.com and get her book go to jhaleem.com you want to see me uh, I won't starve.com is where all this stuff is housed at and it was a lot <laughs> i am jhaleem on all my in, um YouTube, all my platforms, social media platforms. I'm kind of going crazy. Tamika, give me your platform. <laughs> so I am at Ink Pendiva on Instagram and Tamika L. Sims if you want to connect with me personally. So part two, y'all. Yeah. Get prepared for part two. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to talk about this. But this is going into cause September 1st, Woo-hoo! 2023. <laughs> It'll be one year, and this is a celebration, y'all. Yeah. We are celebrating the Ink Pendiva herself. We're going to talk about this thing. (laughs) Well, until then, we'll get back with you on the next one. I'm in the studio with Jay Haleen. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Haleen.